So, Berto, a patron wrote in and wants us to talk about people who don't take responsibility for their actions. Oh, wow. What do you say? Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a fascinating one. Do you want to do an episode? Have you ever not taken responsibility for your own actions? Uh, I don't think so. I, 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 I tend to definitely take responsibility for my Like, actions. have you ever farted and just not oh, like, I see. owned up to it? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about defensiveness, not taking responsibility. Wait, what are you talking? Are you are you accusing me of something? <laughs> this is the Psychology in Seattle podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kirk Honda. I'm a therapist and a professor. My name is Humberto Castaneda. I am a reporter for BuzzFeed. This is an email from a patron. If you want us to pay attention to your emails, become a patron of the podcast. So this is a email from a patron. Hey, Kirk, I know someone who seems to be quite healthy and secure. Yet he goes to great lengths to avoid taking responsibility for even the most inconsequential outcomes. For the longest time, if anything happened, for example, a lamp fell over in the other room, he would immediately yell, not my fault. <laughs> is, the, is this Bart Simpson? It wasn't me. Can't prove anything. Nobody, hit, nobody saw me. Can't, can't prove anything. It's like three things he says. <laughs> Many times he'll run from accepting responsibility for something when there is no one at fault. For example, one of his responsibilities is un is unloading the dishwasher. Maybe it's been a couple of days and he hasn't done it yet. If it's really bothering me, I might say, hey, do you think we could unload the dishwasher together this evening? And then it's rapid fire excuses. I didn't do it because you didn't ask me to. I didn't do it because I was doing that other thing for you. I didn't do it because how was I supposed to know when they're clean? I didn't do it because it's Thursday and it's raining or some other totally <laughs> random excuse. He, he's a very responsible person. He's a very mature person. He comes from a very nurturing family and is definitely secure. This is one of those incongruent behaviors that is quite out of character for him. My question comes from wanting to know more about where this sort of thing might be coming from. I would also love to know if there is anything one can do to disarm the trigger or remove the need for this defense that he exhibits. Berto, what do you think? Oh, yeah. A lot of things come to mind. Having worked in an environment where uh, it's dangerous sometimes to take responsibility, you know, in some corporate environments, uh, if, the, if it's not a healthy environment. Because you get fired uh, or something? Or at least you don't get that promotion you, or you get demoted or you just look bad in front of the others because it's a eat, you know, dog eat dog world kind of thing. So, you know, I've seen that where literally something bad happened. Project didn't go well. Things got canceled, whatever. And everyone's trying to cover their butts. And then you try to like see what went wrong and kind of no one really wants to see what went wrong. And if you do have a postmortem or something, it's like, you know, whitewash of history or something. It's like, oh no, uh, who knows? What, you know, it's like, no, no, there was a cause. There were reasons. Uh, but, it, but if the environment is healthy, I've also worked in places where uh, it's completely not only safe, but encouraged to figure out what went wrong. And, and, and the one big difference is it's not so much about like, mea culpa, it was me. Oh man, I'm so stupid. But rather like, um, oh, I think here's what went wrong. Uh, I didn't do this, and then we didn't file that thing, and then we didn't do those things. Um, so I think for next time, we're going to need to do that, that, that. And no one, no one stays on the, wait, you didn't do what? Yeah. It's more like, okay, good point. We need to be really aware of what are you going to do about it, you know, these kind of things. So how does that apply to them? Cause so I, I, so I think that in this case, what she's – she? 
yeah. is describing. These sound, at least the examples, they sound more like inconsequential. Uh, they're not, I mean, they might be bothersome at the time, but it's not like a missed deadline or, you know, we didn't make our mortgage payment. Whose fault was it? Right. Um, and so I wonder if it's really like something, you know, without knowing all their childhood and stuff. But it could have been something learned over the years where, here's a perfect example. Like maybe there were punishments in his family for, you know, you don't get to watch TV on Saturday if you don't do something. And then him and, and his brothers or whoever, they, they might have learned to to like try to avoid looking bad because they, they need their TV on Saturday. By the way, I'm speaking from experience. <laughs> but I, I will say that as a kid, I don't remember trying to hide. Oh, no. I, what am I talking about? I know what happened to me in my formative years. There were three big lies that I told my dad. And, and each one of them, and they were a few years apart when I was young. And each one was a terrible idea for me to lie and had way worse consequences for me emotionally and in reality than if I just told the truth. And I think because of that, it like immunized me. I like I became like ravenous about just coming clean and being honest and just like no 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 I'm not and and I also kind of developed this this anxiety about having secrets and I think that might have stemmed from the sexual the sexual molestation that I feel like that might have been this thing that I had as a secret and so years later I, I, I even till this day sometimes I'll have these dreams where I have I'm being chased by the cops and I have this secret like I killed someone or all these things. And I hate that feeling. Yeah. So to me, holding secrets and lies and things feels like that, and I avoid it if, if at all possible. Yeah. Okay. So those are some good thoughts. Uh, here are my hypotheses about, you know, because she's asking, why is this hap- Why is my you know partner doing this? Why is he just randomly lying out of nowhere about things that don't even matter? Uh, I haven't even accused him of anything or no one's to blame. Why is he, why is he doing this? Well, here are my hypotheses and I don't really, I don't have enough data from this email to know really the answer, but one possibility is that his family of origin was not as great as you think it was. You you know, you said that his family was very nurturing and very functional, but some families seem very close and loving when they really have other kinds of issues just because he seems quote unquote secure doesn't mean that he's actually emotionally secure or you know securely attached. Some very nice, loving families that are nice and loving can be also distant, or they can have critical elements to it. You know, so I I question whether or not you really know what his family's like because that's the most likely answer is that his childhood his childhood was such that it created a compulsion for lying out of trying to get out of being in big trouble or trying to get love in some way, or that was his role in the family or someone else lied a lot and sort of, you know, or is attached. You know, one of the things that actually I've seen is, and I'm not saying this is necessarily true with this emailer is that when you are, when you have early childhood attachment disruptions, you, you develop a way of approaching other people in which you don't trust other people very much. So you become very independent and the more independent you get, the less you have empathy and the less empathy you have for other people, the less you care about lying to people and the more likely you're going to lie on a, on a dime, Mm, you know, interesting because, you know, for us, for most of us that don't go through difficulties, when we lie, we feel the pain 
that we put the other person through when they find out that we lied to them. Interesting. But if you were neglected as a child sufficiently, then you just don't you just don't really have that pain in in your heart mm-hmm. when you hurt someone else's feelings. It's a it's not psychopathy per se. It's just like you lack that empathic pain for yourself, which will yeah. prevent you from lying. Anyway, well, as an example, so as as a kid, I was I was little, but this you were just alluding to hey maybe the family situation wasn't quite all as rosy yeah. okay so picture this i'm in the coming home from school in the bus and i'm probably i don't know 7 years old maybe you know and there's a kid on in the bus selling a michael jackson poster i have a little bit of money probably from an allowance or something and i buy it and i and i'm taking it home i'm all happy with my poster but as i get close to home i start freaking out and i'm like what am I going to tell my dad? Now, stopping right here. Why? What do you? Why? Why do you think I would be freaking out? That I? What would I need to tell my dad? Like, well, given the nature of the beginning of the story, I'm guessing it's quite something irrational. But if I was to think of a rational explanation, I would say like your dad is a super asshole who like doesn't let you buy things or something. Right. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. But there wasn't that. Now, not ex- not explicitly. In truth, as I've analyzed it years later, uh, I'm thinking, well, what I had probably seen is that, A, my dad was very verbal about disliking certain types of media celebrities, especially if there were anyone, any of them that were slightly effeminate. He was really verbal about that stuff. Michael Jackson was fairly effeminate, right? Also, he really was odd about buying stuff. So... But but by the way, but none of this was like directed directly at me. Never did he say like, you should not spend your money or any of that. So I'm sitting there. I get home and and, I'm, and I walk in. And he's like, hey, how's it going? I'm like, oh, what's that? I'm like, oh, it's a, it's a poster I won at school in a spelling bee contest. <laughs> and he's like, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. Oh, I'm so proud of you, blah, blah. Okay. Fast forward a few hours later. And he and he's after dinner. He's like, so what? What word was it? Like, what did you? What what word did you? And I'm like, what word? What do you? He's like, the word. Like, what did you spell? And I'm like, well, what are you talking about? And then he's like, wait a minute, Bertico, Bertico. Did you tell me the truth about that poster? And I was like, no. <laughs> well, so then I got in trouble for having lied. Yeah. But he didn't give a crap about the poster yeah but then there were two more times and i'll tell those in another podcast but basically these were times where i ne- i technically did nothing wrong yeah the thing i did wrong yeah. was lie about it right so if i was to analyze yeah. that i would say that your dad or your family didn't give you enough attachment security mm-hmm. to help you to navigate that situation right because the child notion uh, or the children being stupid, that's just normal. Yeah. But you you were so anxious about getting in trouble that you didn't want to risk it. You know, other kids would, you know, so it's not necessarily that you were irrational about it, yeah. which is also another sign of attachment insecurity in that you just didn't trust other people to, to be on your side. Yeah, you know? right. But also, even if you did have that notion or that worry, you, you know, you said, look, and let, I, I better lie about this because you, you probably didn't say this sentence in your head, no. but but you were worried that you were going to be rejected ultimately. Because, right. you know, 
the punishments you went through with your dad, I'm sure, weren't terrible. You know, no, I mean? it was like you can't watch TV, and, right? Right. Uh, so, and I'll put you in the dungeon for six years. <laughs> <laughs> so there was something about that that triggered something in you that made you panic to the point where you had to lie, and that's usually why people lie, and particularly kids, is because they've been shown a life that makes them so worried about situations like oh, that that yeah. they that they resort to something. And they're not smart enough to navigate. Right. As an adult, you would have been like, well, let's really look at this. What's the worst that could happen? Oh, he'd take the TV. Well, oh. I'm sure he's going to hate me, but okay, fine. I'll just take my lumps. You know what I mean? You know, I've never connected this before, but now that I think about it, it, it might have been that in my head, it, it just obviously well, well hidden under the layers. There was something like this. Okay, something I did made my mom go away. And then something else I must have done kept my dad in New York for a whole extra year while I had to move down to Columbia with my grandparents. Right. And I remember him getting mad at me uh, and not giving me TV on Saturdays. Maybe that's why I had to move back. To, you know, and obviously, again, not explicitly. And, and I might have been deathly afraid of, of losing another parent totally. if, I didn't, if I did something wrong. Yeah. I had a wow. kid once who they were – the parents were – uh, I was working with the family, and the parents announced to the kids that they were going to get a divorce. And it, they were conflictual, but it wasn't like horribly conflictual. But it had been like 10 years of them yeah. contemplating divorce. Well, the youngest kid, I had a individual time with him, and I said, you know, how do you feel about this? And without blinking an eye, he said, well, it's clearly it's all my fault. You know? <gasps> and I'm like – um, and in it, I remember and this is early in my career, and I remember reading about cases like this. But this is like the first real poignant textbook. case, yeah. And I was like, "Oh my god, you're you're a textbook right now. Yeah. You're you know." And I was like, well, "You know what? What do you mean? How is it your fault?" And he said, "Well, uh, my dad uh, that day, you know, that they told us about the divorce. My dad told me I needed to mow the lawn, and so uh, I went upstairs and I played video games, and." An hour later, I came back downstairs, and that's when my dad said he was leaving the family. So, so, and this was like months later, you know what I mean? And and for months, this kid had been walking around saying it was all his fault that not only his parents are getting divorced, but that his dad was leaving the house. Now, to adults, they're like, that's ridiculous. Why would a child do that? Well, the reason is, is because children believe everything has to do with them. Mm. They don't have the capacity to really understand that their family functions outside of them. Right. And so if something happens, it must be because of them and, and, and good and bad things. The other thing is, is that they can't really conceive of a relationship between the parents, you know, and mm. they can't really conceive of occupations or, or just geography, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so all they can see is like, one minute dad was there and then dad wasn't there. And I did something in between. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and I don't understand marriage. I don't understand romance. Right. I don't understand finances. I don't understand jobs. I don't, but I do understand the fact that I'm a good boy or a bad boy. <laughs> and I'm, I must have been a bad boy. And it is based on precedent because a lot of times what parents will do when they're punishing kids is they'll, 
they'll distance themselves. Isolation, you're right. right. Uh, Timeouts. Yeah. Time out. Go to your room. Or I can't take you anymore. You know, sometimes I just I just want to, you know, escape or oh, something. Yeah. And so there'll there'll be messages to kids that like if things go horribly wrong, they're gone. And and some parents oh. are explicit about that. You know what I mean? It's That's like so if, sad. And so and so when things like that happen. So when things like that happen, <laughs> Kids will interpret it in this really uh, narcissistic way and believe that it's all their fault. And then later on, when they're faced with a small transgression, they worry so much about losing people again that they, they'll lie. And this behavior, this itchy trigger finger on the lie gun w- can persist into adulthood even unconsciously. Wow. And I've seen this happen with kids. They'll, they'll just lie about the silliest of things, and you're just like – I saw you do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, plus, you're not going to get in trouble if you did it. It's not a big deal, right. but you are going to get in trouble if you lie about it, and you're <laughs> lying about it, so stop lying about it. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. So it, so th- the first hypothesis I have, patron, is that your partner's family of origin might not have been as great as you think it was. Now, maybe it was. I don't have any data on that, but I, I'm, a, I'm just a little skeptical. Another hypothesis is that he's depressed. He could be extremely low energy, low self-esteem, hates himself, sabotages himself. And, you know, because a couple of these things have to do with chores. And he might have just a, a tremendously difficult time actually getting off the couch and doing these chores. And um, he might actually be quite ashamed of the fact that he can't do these chores. And you know, mix that all up in his psyche and his coping mechanism is just to like go into denial essentially or just make excuses, which some people who are depressed will do. Another possibility is that he doesn't know how to navigate these issues. Like he's never been told how to be conflictual, how to con- how to conf- conflict well. Maybe about the dishes, you know, maybe he didn't know or maybe he just hates doing the dishes. Right. Or maybe he thinks – Because he works 70 hours a week, you should unload the dishwasher. Who knows? But maybe he just needs skills, which which is if if this is the reason, this is your best option. Because this means that all you gotta do is like work on a communication repertoire and problem solved. Right. Another possibility is that you're the problem, patron. You've been overly demanding and you punish him emotionally for little things. And so he is either resentful of that or he's terrified of that, or he's resisting, you know, like in your description of the dishwasher thing, you said, I told him to do the dishes. And then a few days later, I'm getting upset. Uh And so, uh, so what I said to him was, can we unload the dishwasher together? Now I have a hard time believing that you just walk up to him and you're just like, Hey honey, how's it going? Maybe we could unload the dishwasher together. I mean, maybe you are, maybe you're just a master of hiding your true feelings. But my guess is at the very least he's detecting your anger and you're probably like, honey, can we, can we unload the dishwasher? (laughs) Yeah. And you know, anger and accusation, even if it's justified can, cause people to resist or disobey, so to speak, or to fight back in some way through passive aggression, which is potentially what he's doing. Now, I don't have any data to say that you're the problem patron, but I would absolutely look at that. The last hypothesis, which I think is the most likely, is that the system is the problem. There's something about your overall interactional pattern routine that produces this problem between the two of you. This is Mm. most often the cause of problems like this. Maybe 
the way the two of you come together overall in all the various ways that you come together, whether it's doing chores or having sex or cuddling or making decisions or uh, listening to each other, all the various different ways in which the two of you interact and dance throughout the day and throughout the week produces this symptom of him, quote-unquote, not taking responsibility and you, quote-unquote, calling him out on his lack of responsibility. Maybe he resents you for something, something that's more sensitive that he can't talk about. Maybe the system needs this conflict to distract from some other issue, like the fact that you haven't had sex in six months right. or the fact that you, know, you have issues that you've been bringing in. You know, there's just a, when It's hard to know what the answer to this one is because the options are endless, but a systems-oriented therapist might be able to figure that out. Yeah, I will say that uh, in, my, in my personal experience in life, uh, oftentimes when I snap, it's usually because there's a whole bunch of pent-up other stuff. And so it has little to do with the trigger that snapped me and more to do with all this. Other. So, for example, um, oh, and I've also obviously seen it with other people. Like speaking of band dynamics, you know, like where everything seems fine. And then one day you say, you say, oh, could you play this one note? It's like, you're always asking me to fly. And I was like, where did that come from? And it's because like you didn't realize that for weeks the person was 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 like carrying some something that they didn't like. Right. And so I, I feel like maybe maybe there is something to that, which is like there's an ongoing discomfort and on, ongoing displeasure. And so it's not about the dishes. It's like these other <laughs> these other issues. Right. And so that's one possible systemic explanation. There are many, many others. So those are the hypotheses I have, that his, his family was worse than you think it was, and that resulted in this lying, sort of not taking responsibility behavior. He's depressed. He doesn't have the skills to navigate conflict. You're the problem, or the system is the problem. All right. Well, that does it for that episode of Psychology in Seattle. Patron, let us know what you think of these hypotheses, and, and let us know what you think of what we said. Uh, please take care of yourself because you deserve it. Thank you.